0: Hey, everybody, welcome back. Today's podcast is brought to you by Liberty Supply. So, I don't know if you guys have ordered from Liberty Supply. I do. We get a lot of stuff from there. Mm-hmm. Liberty Supply is family owned and operated. And when you call, you talk to Sam. So, if you call Liberty Supply's number, you talk directly to Sam. Sam is one of the owners. You can't do that very much anywhere else on, on a scale like that. So, uh, I'm very appreciative. To have sam when i call so we use everything well not everything but a lot from liberty supply um, this year we use spray tips from liberty supply uh, we got our broom heads from liberty supply they we got some um, pour pots from liberty supply crack squeegees pretty much whatever we need when it comes to um products as far as equipment hand tools all that good stuff the spray tips everything so um Liberty Supply, when we need something, we usually call over and Sam will have it ready in a short amount of time. That number to call them at is 800 397 9907. And Sam's probably going to answer if you're calling within business hours and he'll get you taken care of. You can also go to libertysupply.biz, check them out there, and uh, you'll be good to go. The podcast is also brought to you by Stencil Plus. Stencil Plus is making moves. Uh, Jeff and the team, and Neil at the team, those guys are not only making moves, but they're making some pretty funny uh, videos and social media stuff too as well. Uh, We got every stencil we ordered this summer came from Stencil Plus. Never had an issue, was here really quick. We recently used one on a project that I needed custom-made, a certain speed limit, like the slow ones, the elongated ones, Mm -hmm. and my length that I recommended uh, that I wanted it done, they were like, no, nah, you, you need it done this way. And uh, upon their recommendation, of course, I said, yes, of course. And it's it worked out great. It would have looked ridiculous if I would have done it, which um, I'm grateful for that those guys have the knowledge and uh, know what to do. But besides that, um, we got a lettering kit, a number kit, I believe, as well. So very excited for those guys. Obviously, Stencil Plus, you can find them on their stencilplus.com, of course. And then on social media at Stencil Plus, you guys are going to have a riot. Um, We love having Stencil Plus on board and very excited to keep them on board because um, it's worked out great. And I'm hoping to get Jeff from Stencil Plus on the podcast. So message him, guys. Tell him he needs to get on the podcast. We are also brought to you by the 800 Pavement Network, 1-800-BLACKTOP. Got it on my shirt, got it on my trucks. That's ours in the 608-1800 blacktop. Not only 1-800 blacktop, but also 1-800 striping as well. Um, it's worked out great for us this year as far as branding goes. We're getting near the end of the year, and people are associating 1-800 blacktop with Wiscote, which has been great. I know a lot of our contacts still come through the phone. It's a lot easier to remember than our regular number. I can tell you that. So I'm grateful that we have that and been able to put it to use. I would recommend it as a contractor that you – Think about getting one of these numbers Um, they have over 200 contractors doing over 1 billion dollars in sales within the network the network itself I've seen emails and stuff come through about um, insurances health insurances workman's comp we had um, another I did a zoom meeting I believe about deals on Chevy trucks. So there's all kinds of stuff within the network, not just, Hey, here's a number and brand it. There's been lots of tools and different things that we've been able to be part of and take advantage of as contractors. So when you get your number, all the calls go directly to you. There's no middleman. There's none of that stuff like that or whatever. So, I mean, besides the account work that comes through as a contractor and um, all the meetings and different things you get to go to there's also advantages in health insurance and breaks on different materials and products and trucks and different things like that so you can find them on instagram at pavement network 800 pavement network or you can go to 800 pavement.com and find them as well Everybody. Welcome to Blacktop Banner. Obviously, we're in the new Wiscote Blacktop Banner office. I know it's been a minute since everybody had seen us here um, and took a hiatus, but uh, we're back. And I actually recorded a couple episodes that got lost during the movement back and forth. One of them was with this guy, Adam Golston. So um, he's got an interesting, I don't know if it's interesting, but we don't talk to people that specifically only do sports services all that often. So um, I I really wanted to get that last podcast out and didn't get a chance to when we moved the computers updated and we lost it. So thankfully, Adam agreed to come back and deal with me for about another hour one more time. And uh, we'll get to it. So as I said, this is Blacktop Banner episode 49. And my guest is Adam Golston of AG Sports Services. Adam, introduce yourself so uh, everybody knows who you are again.
1: I'm Adam Golson, uh, I own AG Sports Services, and we deal with tennis courts and running tracks.
0: Yeah, and what else, dude, pickleball courts, pretty pickleball much, court, yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much anything, right?
1: So, if they have a ball on it, we'll, we'll paint it.
0: Yeah, so where are you guys located at?
1: Lebanon, Indiana. And
0: that's a suburb of what?
1: It's just kind of north of uh, Indianapolis. I've been there,
0: I've been there before, and you're right, it's... It's you'll have cool. going down 65 yeah yeah it's not it's not an easy place to find i'll be honest with you i kind of thought maybe you like i was getting lured in and catfished in i was like well
1: well we moved since then oh you have
0: oh okay yeah well, now now it gives me another reason to come back and visit again i guess
1: right.
0: all right so how how did you get into sport surfaces i know you've told me this this quite a bit but we better elaborate for everybody that's listening
1: so we originally started out, like everyone else, seal coating, line striping. Um, I was always looking for a niche. Like we bought thermal plastic machines. I about got hit on the road one day. So I like, screw that. We sold all that. <laughs> uh, so I was always trying to find a niche because it's hard to get your profit margins. And, and guys are going around adding a bunch of water. And it's, right. it's hard to compete. So we had people ask and ask if we could do it and we kept turning them down and I got tired of turning them down but I was also scared to do it right like I don't want to mess it up so after a while then I just kept asking and then I found some guy that would teach me how to do it in Florida so one winter we went down to Florida and he kind of showed us how to do it and so we kind of had a hybrid system going for about two years where we were still seal coating line striping and then doing tennis courts and then it just kind of took off and we could, we were able to kind of push the seal coat off to another guy. He wanted to get into it. He bought the equipment and we just never looked back.
0: So when, when we, when I was down there um, you talked about, you, you showed me your machines, right? And they're different than what you would be used to if you only seal coated in, in a little bit. And I noticed the one thing, when you open the lid, there's definitely a different smell. So tell us about the machines and then tell us about the material.
1: The machines are pretty much the same. Um, They still have the inch and a half. Like our one tank is literally a seal coat tank that we just put different material in, And the other one's just two smaller tanks, but I mean, they agitate, they have pumps on them. Um, We just don't spray with them like you normally would. Right. Uh, The material is a acrylic based material versus a coal tar or asphalt based so like they don't mix and that's we run into that a lot of times seal coat will go in and he'll put seal coat over a tennis court and then he ruins the whole tennis court it's like rip it out and start over yeah,
0: yeah 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 so the the what i noticed when we opened it like and we were and you were showing me it it looked like there was a lot of grit right there's a lot of aggregate in there is that right
1: yeah, we use a couple different types of silica sand depending on the application we're doing, but it's it's just like sealer, you add your water, your silica sand, and then your pure. And that's it. That's it. So did
0: so one thing you and I talked because you keep saying, dude, you do do a court, dude, do do a court, do a court and keep pressuring. And last year I was like, I, I might be able to get into one and you're like, I'm like, but I gotta pave it and do whatever. And you're like, oh, you can handle that. I didn't do it. Just so you know, I was like, no, dude, I know I you did it. I, I don't, I, I'm like, I don't want any part of this from the ground <laughs> up. They are getting it done. We may donate to getting it done for them and things too. Um, they are getting it done. Somebody come in and did it full from, and it's a decent company from full scale from top to bottom. And, but you were telling me that you can, sometimes you can actually change like adjust the elevation in some spots and puddles and different things with the material. Was that right?
1: Yeah, so we have filler coats. Um, it's a, just a Portland cement, silica sand, and then a latex binder. Okay. And it comes out to like a milkshake consistency. You squeegee it on, or we use like a two by four. And then you can sand it smooth. Oh, really? Yeah, so you, it's easy to blend in. That That's why you don't usually see patches on tennis courts. OK.
0: Okay. So what if, um, so let's say you're doing like a, let's say you're resurfacing an older one, dude, I've seen some tennis courts that have like gaping cracks, man. Like, I don't know why like those square pads get huge cracks in them, but then people, but then people will fill them with crap, especially rubber or something like that, which is a huge mistake I would imagine on for you. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you do? first of all what do you do if there's nothing in there and then what do you do if there's rubber in there already or something
1: so if there's nothing in there we just clean them out and then depending on how wide they are like we've done courts where the city didn't have a budget but they wanted to fix them so we clean them out one court we brought a concrete truck in and just started filling the cracks with concrete okay all right (laughs) um But if you put rubber in it then we have to literally dig the rubber out of the cracks
0: man and then put concrete back in there
1: yep because you're always wanting the ball to play true and when they say true that's the bounce so the ball has to bounce on something solid where the rubber gives yeah And the ball just doesn't bounce and it gets sticky and then our material will not stick to it it'll literally flake off i got you
0: so if it's a pavement surface so let's say pavement in the sense of asphalt surface you can put concrete in there in the cracks and stuff and then put your guys' sports surface material over it and everything's copacetic yep yeah so do you notice that it cracks more or sooner depending on if it's concrete cracks or if it's even what if it what if they're small cracks Adam like what if they're half quarter of an inch half inch
1: so we have routers we can open the crack up to get material down in them
0: Okay, you use cement for that then too after you router it.
1: Yeah. Okay. 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 So we can open them up. Um, you really, it's not hard to fill cracks and right. get them to blend in. I'm making it more complicated than. But uh, so we try to saw cut the courts so they yep. crack in certain areas. Like we want them to crack between the courts and we want them to crack underneath the net line. Yeah. So that way it's not cracking in the playing areas that kind of mitigates the cracking a little bit but it all bases to how well it was put in if they put a a base in that's hard it's probably not going anywhere but if they do a crappy job it's gonna go somewhere (laughs) like we just we just paint it (laughs) right right so
0: um so let's talk about some of those projects like I, I, you showed me some before pictures, and you're like, yeah, we did this, and it's like tennis court on top of tennis court. What are some of the, the larger projects and more complicated ones you've had to do?
1: Um, Complicated-wise would be stencils. We did a basketball court for the NBA All-Star game that was supposed to happen in Indianapolis, and it has logos all over it. Like, my guys were ready to quit. They were on their hands and knees putting logos down. For three weeks, damn, yeah, really, and yeah. honestly, the banks. Once you get a good system down, they're almost easier to do than a single or a double because you just keep going. There's no, there's no time. It, material, it's like seal coat. If you get in a shade, it's not drying. Right. So you can almost do four courts in the same time you can do one. Sure. What what what's a bank? What does bank mean? Oh, when I say a bank, that means more than one tennis court. So a bank oh, of ten, 10 tennis courts.
0: I got you. I got you. So you yeah, well, at a college yeah, or something like that.
1: High, a lot of the high schools around here have to have at least six to hold matches. Oh, okay. So you could have a bank of two fours or whatever. What? Yeah. yeah. Or six, yeah, sure. two sixes, whatever. But we prefer the bigger projects because there's no, yeah. time. there's no time. You're not wasting any time.
0: Yeah. What's the farthest you've ever went, for one?
1: Davenport, Iowa, and then, uh, well, no, Siesta to Key, Florida.
0: Dang, really, really. But then Davenport, Iowa would be the second yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. So pretty soon it'll be Wisconsin somewhere, because I'm sure <laughs> I'm not going to turn them down if you'll do them. So we'll get them up here with Wisco to do one at some point, hopefully. So um, what? let's say you weren't going to transition like you did right, from seal coating to um, line striping and those kinds of things. What would be the best way, what would be the advice for people who want to get into it in
1: general? Um, I mean, a lot of it's mindset too. Like, if you're very detail-oriented, it's not a hard transition. Now, if you're a seal coater and it's just hey turn it black and let's go somewhere else this isn't probably the area you want to it's going to cost you a lot of money to fix it yeah yeah Uh, but if you're brooming driveways and you're really particular about the ends and them being straight and it's not that hard of a transition instead of using a brush you're using a squeegee and it's kind of the same it's that helps a lot that kind of Changes your
0: position. What, yeah. what if you, what like, let's say you're working at a grocery store. Dude, you're the grocery store general manager. And then you see somebody doing sport courts. and You're like, I want to get into that. Then what? What if you have no experience seal coding? You're doing whatever.
1: Right? I would do what I did. I found someone that wasn't remotely close to um, a competition to me. Or I yeah. wouldn't be a competition to them and just said, hey, can I work for free for a little while? Can you show me how to do? And that worked out great for us. That kind of helped a bunch.
0: How long? How long did you think? How long do you think from when you first started doing it? Did it take
1: where you're like, all right, we're good at this? Uh, that first after we did a couple, we were pretty good. And then after winter, we got to that second spring, we're like, shit, are we doing this right? Like <laughs> that night before, I didn't sleep. Like. I'm like, I hope we didn't forget everything that last summer. <laughs> and then after the third, the third spring, we were pr- pretty comfortable with it. Yeah. So
0: that third spring, is that when you guys got rid of everything? Or was that the second year you got rid of the third that
1: one? third one, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's what I was wondering Is is how long, like, because, you know, in this industry, you hate to turn down work anyways. So then to completely you know, cut pieces off and say, well, we're just going to do this. You're not the first person I know that's went to like hyperlocated on one aspect of asphalt maintenance or, you know, a certain branch and have had great success at it. And a lot of times I find that people who try not to juggle every aspect of asphalt maintenance in general actually do a lot better when they hyperlocate on just one thing. You know, I think that's why the striping industry is so big because they stick to what they do. They do large numbers of work. Right. And they do very detail oriented work, like you were saying. Um, and and there's a large number of them. I've also seen guys that only do crack ceiling and they're just they're like, that's our service. We only do crack ceiling They do municipalities and go all over the state. So I think uh, I, I, th- I definitely think that that tangent going and hyperlocating on one thing, if you're capable of it is good where we're at so rural in wisconsin i can't i gotta juggle everything at once at least for now anyways um so my
1: biggest my biggest hurdle with it was the time you spend transitioning to go do something else uh, just because i grew up doing excavating concrete so like there for a while i'd tackle anything well you spend you spend two hours loading the trailer to go do a small concrete job, come back to the shop, unload it, and load all your your paint machines back in. I was like, man, we're spending a ton of time just moving tools around for no yeah. reason.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, then, I, I mean, you guys already had the business side set up anyways. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. not just doing the work itself, but the business set up anyway. So you knew what you were doing that way is the efficiency, you know, that 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 you had to – get under control when did so i know you didn't just start with the big tanks right you said 55 gallon drums or something you guys started out is that right so tell me about tell me about that setup and then we'll get into um how people can find you and find your work and and things like that when did it go how did how was it first of all with the 55 gallon drums to begin with and then um that transition into the equipment and stuff you guys got now
1: well it's like anything if you don't know any better it doesn't matter. Like that's just the way you do things. So now, if I had to go back to doing fifty-five gallon drums, yeah, <laughs> I'd probably be a little pissed. But when you're first starting out, you don't care. You're just trying to make it. Right. So if you got to mix it in Dixie cups, you're gonna mix it in Dixie cups. You don't care.
0: I got gotcha. you. So oh,
1: we started out mixing it because it all comes in barrels. Yeah. So it's already in barrels. We would just throw in the back of a truck. We'd have some mixers and. Just mix it, hand mix it. Like mix it on drills, with drills? On drills, yep. We okay. just get uh, get a big, heavy-duty uh, mud mixer. Don't get a small Home Depot drill. Yeah. You'll burn the motor out of it because okay. okay. there is so much sand. You need I a get, big one
0: with a handle on the side.
1: Yeah. Oh, take it, I got so, you. so you can get into it pretty simple and low cost. When Ham- Mr. Hamilton was getting into it, I was like, you literally just need a drill, a paddle, some squeegees, and like a wheelbarrow. And you can, you already have blowers. You already have crack chasers. Right. So It's going to take a lot to get going if you're only going to do a few. But when we switched from seal coating, we had a 750 gallon tank. Okay. I was like, so I was like, at that point, I was like, well, let's use that to mix resurfing. Because we're not going to put seal coat. And then... A year later, then we bought the mixing tanks to go along. I gotcha. So
0: what, how do how does that, what do you mean? You mean the two mixing tanks, right? Yeah. have two set up, so what, how do those work? Like, I know you have the big one, the mixing
1: tanks, you mix the material and then you pump that into the big one, or, or how do you? No, do no, so when you, after you fill the cracks, there's a material called resurfacer. It's yep. a black material. Um, I call it like a primer coat or a filler coat. Okay. Like when your asphalt's porous, you want to fill those voids. Right, right, right. And it, it's a lot cheaper. So you want a smooth coat. So you yep. put resurfacer down first. And that's our big one because you use a ton of it. Yeah. And then we have the collar tanks with the actual colors mixed in. And we have two, two separate tanks. So normally, we have blue and green kind of my motto is like henry ford you can have any color tennis court you want as long as it's blue and green i
0: got you that works out. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so you i want different
0: paint man because uh yeah i hate switching paint colors
1: i did too so like if you want a different color we'll do it but it's an extra oh yeah
0: yeah 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 so with those two setups i was going to ask you another question um with those two setups i'm always curious about how you apply the resurfacer i'm guessing it's a little bit thicker as you said you can build up with it and whatnot how do you get those if you're using a squeegee or a broom how do you get the ridges out like there's got to be little ridges right I mean you can't
1: no no you squeegee
0: it like a window it's perfect right yeah like if
1: you're doing ridges you're doing something wrong wrong so you it doesn't lay down like with sealer. Sometimes it tends to s- flow and lay down, and you don't see it. This stuff, if you leave a ridge, it's going to be a ridge. Yeah, uh, yeah
0: that's why I was figuring with it being acrylic.
1: So, so you really have to pay attention and make sure as you're coming back through the passes that you're knocking everything down. I got you.
0: Otherwise, you sand it down if you do.
1: You can oh yeah, you can fix it. It's the final coat that you cannot fix.
0: I got you. So See, even the that, other be sure. the
1: other two coats you can fix. You can scrape them or you can sand them. But yeah, you can fix everything besides that final coat.
0: Damn. All right, that's what I was curious about because I thought, man, I know me, I'm gonna lose them, right. And then I was like, well, if you can't sand it down, how do you do it? You know, you're screwed. You mm-hmm. again. So cool. So I know. Um, you like to, you show your work, right? So we, we see that. Where can people find you online? Um, I know your Instagram is usually full full. Of them. So uh, what's the Instagram?
1: It's just ag sports surfaces. Okay, and, and then where can where else can they find you online? Just Facebook, but we mainly just do Instagram.
0: Yeah, I like seeing it. I mean, yeah. yeah and then um, I know you mentioned uh, Braden Hamilton. You know, so. Yeah you know, you're probably going to get a few more inquiries on, hey, how do we do this? How do we get into it? I know that you and I have had the conversation about how much more lucrative it is versus seal coating, um, obviously, because it's a a specialty, you know, it's it's going to take a lot more work than just making it black, like you said. So, um, all right, sir. Anything else? Any more advice? Any more parting words before we go?
1: I mean, just know your numbers. That's it doesn't matter if you're seal coating or if you're baking cakes or whatever you're doing just know your numbers that's we, how, how do we know
0: our numbers how do we find out our numbers how do we do it in a nutshell
1: a lot of it just tracking them like simple things like my guys clock in on an app and they pick the job so we know how many hours are going to that job and then we just built spreadsheets like we know how much material we know what it costs per hour. And then we know our markup, our overhead, uh, how much we need per mile per truck to get to the job. And then we just build a spreadsheet in Excel. We type in how many square foot it is, how far from the job it is, how many guys we plan on having it, and then how many days we plan on being there. And then it shoots out a price due to what we want as our gross profit margin and all that.
0: Yeah, take somebody should take a class on that. Is what you're trying to tell me. Get get somebody who knows what they're talking about and have a mentor you in that aspect or take a class on job costing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Essentially. Okay, cool. All right. Now we got one back. Finally, we got our, We got our episode back. We're good to go. That's my timer, so we're done just in time. Okay. Keep Perfect. going. I
1: was All gonna right. plug love in there, but I didn't know you wanted me <laughs> plugging people in. You're gonna be plugging who? What's that guy? Love asshole? Chris love. Oh yeah,
0: Chris Love. Yeah. That guy's is an he? asshole. Is
1: yeah. he?
0: No, yeah. he's, not an asshole. he's a good friend. He's a good friend of mine. He, uh, we had a really great time in Charlotte at MPE this last run. So he's a good dude, very good dude. And yeah,
1: uh, that numbers thing, I think, is pretty good. I do
0: too. The dude knows his numbers and stresses how important it is. He's really, really, really good at it. I'm super impressed every time I, I see him. He 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 doesn't want to have
1: to pay for paper clips, dude, if you don't have to. So uh, it's huge. It, the devil's in the details, and that's up. It the the thing that I, that I like about it is it's been great for us but like if times get tough you don't want to go out there and, and the first couple of years we were in business we just sling numbers out there going, fuck, we're making a ton of money. Yeah. You get to fucking November and you're like, fuck, where's all my money? all the money that we were making? Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, and you're like, shit. Like Now we know like, hey, if we go an ex- day over, that's going to cost us $1,200. Like.
0: Yeah, Yeah, and I mean that for me I wasn't when it, right. So when I was struggling right before we, we did well, um, dude, I just figured if I'm making an X and it cost me X in material, I'm good. Yeah. Dude, it's not no because no. there's days where you're not making X and it's still costing you X. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're going to run out of some things and that's going to cost as well. So, um, once I started to get a grasp on that, you know, that's probably the best advice is figure out your job costing. Then, you know, whether, it's worth it or not that you're doing this project because there's probably somebody bidding it. That's not taking that into account. And they're going to take, they're going to win the low bid and probably maybe lose money, maybe break even, maybe not make much at all and their time could have been better spent somewhere else. So that's some of the, that's some of the best advice.
1: I wish I would, someone had told me that when I first started. Yeah. figure your numbers out. Yeah. That was huge for us. Yeah. The, the best way to
0: do it is to find somebody in the industry that you know is successful and ask them how to do it. And I mean, you can take classes, but not everything translates to our industry perfectly, mm-hmm. but there's definitely people who have succeeded and know what they're doing uh, in our industry. And uh, you know, you can't, you can't get any better than that. I don't think if you have somebody telling you firsthand. So cool. All right. We, we got, we, how do you call that? We avenged our, Our missing our missing episode all right so for myself for adam golson at ag sports services uh, this is blacktop banner episode 49 we're back on the ball we want you to seal it pave it stripe it and kill it
1: peace